Your beeper rings, 35-year-old found in cardiac arrest. That critical moment that puts your whole team to the test. First rhythm is PEA, you think 4H, 4T. But then your venous blood gas comes back with a pH of 6.83. Everyone grows quiet. The low pH is an ominous sign. Someone asks, can the human body survive a pH lower than 6.9? It's a tense situation because everyone is looking at you. Do you fake an answer or do you know what to do? To help your acidotic arrest patient, three things are key. Acidosis physiology, its prognostic value, and how acidotic we can be. My name is Jonathan Olitsky and I'm here today to talk about something that will change the way you think about pH and cardiac arrest and the word low. So welcome to Extreme Acidosis. How low can you go? pH is logarithmic. That's a fact we need to cement. From 7.1 to 6.85, hydrogen concentration increases by 75%. In normal patients, arterial and venous pH are the same. But for patients in cardiac arrest, it's a different ballgame. Venous and arterial pH can differ by 0.15 in rabbits and swine. And in humans, venous can be 0.26 lower than the arterial baseline. Does this matter? I think it does indeed. A patient with a venous pH of 6.85 is in just as much need of the resuscitation we'd give someone with an arterial pH of 7.1. Most people wouldn't give up until at least basic ACLS was done. Sometimes we get venous gases by accident instead of an ABG. But remember this difference and don't quit prematurely. Cardiac arrest patients are acidotic. I think we all knew. But saying it's just metabolic is simply not true. In untreated cardiac arrest, basic cess falls with one millimole per liter for every minute that we wait. 50% due to phosphate and unmeasured anions, and 50% due to lactate. But in 85% of arrests, there's a respiratory component, despite being ventilated. Possibly due to increased dead space caused by compressions, but it's unclear and quite complicated. Hyperventilation is dangerous. Increasing the intrathoracic pressure can decrease CPP. But hypoxia and hypoventilation are also dangerous in acidosis, which we soon will see. So let's delve into the physiological setting. What advantages and disadvantages will our acidotic arrest patient be getting? In short, how does acidosis affect us and why does it matter? Which systems shift and which systems shatter? Let's talk about two features which we know are key cardiac function, and oxygen delivery. In the heart, acidosis increases the risk for arrhythmias and irregular beats. In vitro studies since 1880 have shown that acidosis causes a negative inotropy. Together, that gives us a weak and unstable heart. 
but it also decreases cardiac demand, which is a good start. However, arrest patient's potassium is often more than 5.5, which is arrhythmogenic and makes it harder to stay alive. In acidosis, even down to a pH of 6.3, the oxygen dissociation curve shifts to the right, facilitating oxygen delivery. Shifting to the right means that hemoglobin binds oxygen more loosely. In other words, hemoglobin picks up less oxygen and releases it more profusely. In theory, hypothermia can counteract this shift, but hypothermia has other issues, if you catch the Nielsen group's drift. For arrest patients with severe acidosis, if you want to optimize tissue oxygenation, you need a high PaO2, over 25 kilopascal, to overcome this adaptation. Increase FiO2? Wait a minute, hold up. Isn't that a way to mess it all up? There's been a lot of talk about hyperoxia making things worse, but is there evidence for arrest patients, or is it a made-up curse? Looking at the studies, oxygen seems to be bad for post-arrest outcome, but retrospective and heterogeneous studies are where that comes from. Animal studies show worse outcome when looking at hyperoxia close-up, but these studies are small, heterogeneous, and a very short follow-up. The limited evidence that we have today, including all that's new, says that for our post-arrest patient, we should avoid giving too much FiO2. But patients in extreme acidosis have a shift dissociation curve and call for a different approach. There, you can consider giving a bit more. So follow the guidelines and don't challenge fate. Increase FiO2 so you get a SAT of 94 to 98. Enough physiology. Even though these are things we need to know, let's ask something more interesting. How low can we go? I was taught that the human body can't survive a pH under 6.9, but is that really true? Let me give you an outline. A case report showed that running intensely can give a pH of 6.95. Three hours later, the pH was okay, and the patient was well and alive. And patients with grand mal seizures can also get acidotic, but be fine. Some studies have shown that their pH can go down under 6.9. In a study on ICU patients with pH under 6.8, and that's severe acidosis, 30% of non-arrest patients survived 30 days. That's not a terrible prognosis. To sum this all up, our bodies are resilient enough. We can survive pH under 6.9, even though it's tough. So we've covered acidosis physiology, which is cool and rad, but what about prognosis? In arrest, is acidosis really that bad? Well, in general, yes. In arrest, acidosis seems to make things worse. Very low pH is also bad, to sum it up in a verse. Post-arrest acidosis is a sign of bad things to come. High strong ion gap after ROSC predicts bad neurological outcome. Among post-ROSC patients with pH under 7 admitted to an ICU, 10% survived, but all of them were witnessed and all got CPR from a medical crew. A brilliant study by Spindelbach et al. adds really important nuances to this all. They collected ABGs, 
during CPR in the pre-hospital setting. In other words, blood gas is earlier than what we in the ED are getting. In their 80 patients, the intra-arrest pH did not predict admission to the ICU, showing that early acidosis needn't mean that death is due. Another retrospective study suggested the high pre-hospital base excess predicts admission. But this area needs more research. It's a complex condition. So enough preamble, it's time to scramble. Let's get fast and furious and enter warp drive. Can extremely acidotic arrest patients actually survive? 22-year-old vomiting female, hyperkalemic with DKA. Arrested, pH 6.85, survived to live another day. 35-year-old vomiting male with a pyloric obstruction. Arrested, pH 6.6, survived with full neurological function. 66-year-old lady with metformin acidosis and PEA. Arrested, pH 6.58, survived despite what any prognostic model would say. A 21-year-old male was just minding himself when he got stabbed in the glute. Arrested, pH 6.58, survived, and self-discharged to boot. A 65-year-old male, splenic bleed. Arrested, pH 6.53, but survived indeed. 59-year-old male, collapsed after taking cocaine. Unwitnessed arrest, pH 6.50, fixed dilated pupils, survived unscathed again. 63-year-old male with metformin-associated lactic acidosis, arrested, pH 6.48, base excess minus 30, survived despite the poor prognosis. And the final case that wins the race. 24-year-old male that got pulled under a wave. 10 minutes from shore, near impossible to save, was cold, arrested with a first pH of 6.33. That's 12 times more hydrogen than what's normal and healthy. Pre-hospital ROSC after eight minutes, simply great, neurologically intact, discharged on day eight. But why look at these case reports? Is there a point at all? They're all outliers. The level of evidence is quite small. A single case is a novelty, barely more than an anecdote. But together, there's a theme, a signal we should note. So look carefully now. There's a pattern you might not have guessed. All these survivors were acidotic before their arrest. If a severe acidosis is due to an arrest, then that's generally bad. The resuscitation hasn't succeeded, despite all the CPR they've had. But if there's a preceding cause which may have caused acidosis, then these cases show that you can still have an okay prognosis. The plural of anecdote isn't data, I like to say. But for this, we'll never get an RCT. This is the evidence we have today. The evidence is weak. We only have case reports despite our need. But there seems to be a pattern, a pattern we should heed. So let's summarize this all for when you leave this hall. Because one day, every single one of you will be standing there with that blood gas paper in the air, 
And this time, when the pH says 6.82, you will know what to do. In cardiac arrest, venous pH can be falsely low. Don't equate arterial and venous, that's a real no-go. In extreme acidosis, the hemoglobin curve will shift. So crank up the FiO2 and give the saturation a lift. There's a lack of ED research on prognosis, and keep that in mind, as we can survive severe acidosis, but acidosis isn't kind. In general, acidosis is probably worse for your arrest, but there is one exception that puts this to the test. If the patient was acidotic before they collapsed, then survival with extreme acidosis is possible, as seen in the past. So if your arrest patient has near drowned, taken drugs, starved or bled, an extremely low pH needn't mean that they'll always end up dead. Thanks for listening and for your precious time. This is Jonathan Olitsky for Sweets 2017 saying bye-bye.